it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in, GC Live, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark. An hour earlier than I said we were going to be. Uh, we all we always planned on it being 1 o'clock, so it's not like we actually moved it up. I just am an idiot. So if you are uh, watching us live, we appreciate it. If you're listening or watching after, um, thanks for listening and welcome in. We are live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter, and, of course, um, right after the show, we post it on every podcast um, network that exists, I think, all the big ones. So uh, please like, review, subscribe, whatever, all that crap people say on these things. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, hit the like button and um, also subscribe as well. Again, I'm Wes. He's Chris. Ton to get to, ton to talk about as South Carolina gets into week four of preseason practice. And um, we're, we're going to try to hit on everything and – Let's let's go ahead and get one of them, Chris, out of the way so we can move on to football. I was just on the uh, JB and Goldwater show. Uh, those guys do a great job, and they asked me. They sort of gave me the floor, and they said, "Hey, what um, what more can you tell us about the situation?" And um, that, of course, being this this issue, this happening that has spread around social media about a possible, you know, fight on campus involving some football players and Chris, I, I tried to give them more, but then as words were coming out of my mouth, I just kept saying in the back of my head, be careful because this is an ongoing, I would guess you would say investigation. Um, You know, I I think there are lots of potential issues here, you know, from both sides in that, Hey, if you, if you put somebody else's, name in your mouth and accuse someone of something, you know, there are potential repercussions for that as well. If you allege something and it, if it didn't happen the way you said it did, which we're, we weren't there, but I basically it came down to let this thing play out because it is an ongoing situation where um, I think very prudent not to just jump to conclusions about hearing one side of a story, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not a cut and dry situation. And a lot of times now, man, I mean, we see it in all walks of life, all different categories. The first version of a story or an initial version of a story is, is what takes off and what people run with. And that's understandable. You know, people get excited about it or people get out it or whatever it may be. It, It provokes a lot of emotion, but it's really important to, you know, let the facts come out, particularly with something like this that's, that's sort of sensitive. Um, so here's what we've been telling people, our subscribers on the Insiders Forum. And I think we can comfortably say all this. Um, and we're not going to give a lot of detail for the reasons that you laid out, Wes. I mean, there's an investigation going on. There is um, legal stuff. The potential for legal stuff is certainly out there. And so, um, and, and there, there's some rights of players and their families and things like that. And we're, we're not going to jump on any of that uh, by reporting on a situation where we weren't there. Um, there aren't enough reports to corroborate and things like that. We've certainly heard a bunch of things, but we're just not going to go into all that. What, what we can say is this. The picture is very much incomplete, right, of what's been said, sort of what's out there is very incomplete. So just keep that in the back of your mind when you're sort of thinking about the situation, when you're trying to assess it. And Wes, I think, I think you hit on it. Um, you know, 
it's it's important not to sort of just jump jump to a conclusion based on the initial thing. And, and Je, good to see you again. I, I see you right in the comments. I'll just go ahead and hit on that. We're not we're not giving anybody on any side any benefit of the doubt. It's just going off of some things that we've heard, but um, also knowing that the picture is is not complete on this deal, right? So just let it play out. Give it some time. Um, Wes, I, I didn't get to catch your segment. I don't know what you said about, you know, people's vibe is always or, or what they want to hear is or what they want to know rather is, is this going to ultimately be bad or good for the program? And um, I don't know if you really answered that. Um, my feel is that I think people should just calm down and let it play out and probably see that I think it's not going to be, um, you know, what it could be when you, when you initially see a report like this, is that sort of fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so, man. And, um, you know, I, I think again, it's, it's hard, it's hard. You have to be careful, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to say, I want to be like, Oh, this is going to blow over. But I mean, there's, there, there's just a lot more to the story that we've heard. And obviously like you, like you said, like I said, we were not there. So I, I don't really like to pass on something, especially like this as, Oh, it's a, it's a fact. If I was not there, there obviously was an incident, but it just, um, may, maybe didn't play out necessarily. And, and, you know, there's all, there's two sides to every story. In this case, I think there's a lot of sides to this story and we're only hearing one side right now. So that's probably about as much as we can leave it at. I would, I would say, you know, as much as we feel comfortable going into, but you know, is this going to be some big, you know, breaking news thing on, on ESPN that, uh, affects a lot of guys season I would guess no um, is probably the best way to say it but okay so let, let's talk football man South Carolina putting out their practice report for uh, today uh, I believe Eric Wolford uh, gave a surprise interview uh, with Steve Fink um, what uh, I haven't even read the release yet have you read the release from South Carolina on practice yeah. today as we move into Week four and practice. Do you know what practice number we're on, man? Do you know that off the top of your head? Oh no, definitely don't know the practice number. Not, not catching me off guard there. But yeah, I did did read the report they released. It was another fairly generic option. The the news <laughs> <laughs> and nothing against. Hey, I mean, you know, you, do you think they're doing a great job sending us some information, some pictures, and things like that for practice? But you know, sort of what coach wants to go into detail about after practice on these releases and then obviously what, um, you know, any assistants or, or players that may talk, like you said, Eric Wolfer gave an appearance. We haven't even had time to review that yet because it just came out just before we hopped on here. But um, it was pretty generic today in terms of what they worked on, you know, just more, situ you know, we talked about situational work a lot, which is every practice, but they worked on first and 10 scenarios today because if you remember the scrimmage on Saturday, Will Muschamp's pretty upset about some procedural things that South Carolina had, so they wanted to work on getting on, getting off on the right foot, you know, on first and ten, situationally running the football, um, and then uh, they they had a punt situation. You'll also recall that Kai Kroger, uh, Muschamp was up there. Kai Kroger, they had a pooch punt opportunity they didn't get, they got it this time. Cam Smith, he credited with going down and covering it well, so seemed to be pretty pleased about that and just the competitiveness that the team showed. One thing that he did laud on Saturday after the scrimmage was just how the team competed. Were there mistakes? Sure. Things that they need to clean up, but he was happy with the competitiveness, and that seemed to carry over, you know, to today. He said he wanted to see the same type of thing. So that was uh that was pretty much it in terms of, of the release for today. I got you. So um yeah, South Carolina's rolling right along. Scrimmage this past Saturday, obviously they'll have another one coming up. Um Ernest Miller question here, Jalen Brooks waiver, still no news on that, uh, that we have heard. And you know, these, the NCAA, Chris, man, I, I would say is almost going to have to just, I mean, do you, do they have to come out with like a blanket? Just, we're going to make everybody eligible this year, you know, cause they must, must champ mentioned it. I mean, it, it's gotta be bad if people are giving the NCAA the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, Generally, it's very fun to make fun of the NCAA and how much they, you know, they stink. But 
they're way, I would say, backed up as far as these things go. So, um, yep. you know, if, I, I could be wrong unless the NCAA just does a bulk, even if they don't officially say, oh, everybody's eligible. They may just have to push everything through. So, but short of that, I, I just, I have a feeling just based on past experience, Chris, this is going to be down to Tennessee week, fi- final days before South Carolina finds out, right? I mean, that's, that's generally how these things play out. Not to be uh, Mr. Negativity, but that's just what experience tells us. You know, we're after the Tennessee game <laughs> based on last year's experience. So, with Nick Muse. So yeah, it's hard to tell, man. We just, there again, there's no rhyme or reason. And, and even what you said is still a big question. I mean, what are they going to really take the case by case approach? That's what they've done in the past. And the, the case by case approach has not made sense. It sort of seemed like throwing, just throwing darts or something. And, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm not sure if what's going on now is going to make them more lenient I'm not sure if it's going to make them, you know, do something more blanket. We just don't have a really good sense for that right now. But, um, yeah, I would I would think, though, we know that the waiver's been submitted. We just don't know a timeline. That's not something anyone can answer. Um, you know, thinking back to last year, we, we didn't think that Nick Muse would go past the North Carolina game. There didn't seem to be any reason for that to be. I mean, they, they had all the information. The waiver was submitted. And then you just you just make a decision from there. And we know that they're going to be this year, they're going to be inundated with requests. So is it going to go past this year? We don't know. Certainly there's probably some more pressure on them due to what's going on nationally to give these kids and these programs an answer. Um, it, it's more There's more of a sense of urgency on it, but whether or not that'll mean anything to the NCAA is not something that we really know. Yeah, and obviously he's a, he's a guy that – is probably a starter if he gets that and definitely going to make an impact. So a big kid that can run. Uh, they've had a lack of, of that, I, I think, Chris. But, um, you know, let's talk, and, and I saw a question about um, offensive line. That, that's on our list here to get to as well because there is some, you know, there's some news there. And But let's stick with, with receivers since we're on it. I've been sort of intrigued, I think, if you're a fan – do you allow yourself to be a little bit encouraged about some of the progress from this receiving core? Muschamp continues to talk about Rico Powers, even said, hey, guys, I'm I'm not so sure. He basically said, I'm not saying he's not a starter. You know, he didn't say he's a starter, but basically he's still in this conversation, and there's still, uh, you know, what, 18 days until kickoff. So this, this extra time I think has – had its benefits as far as guys learning the scheme, learning offense, you know, learning what's expected of them in an offense at this level, right? Compared to most, and this is, I know you and I have a lot of, you know, I would say good friends who are, are high school coaches. Nothing against high school coaches, but the offenses that are run at most high schools just are way because they, they don't have the time that college kids have. They're way more simplified than what you're going to see you know, in college in general, and this being a true sort of pro style at times, multiple style offense. Um, I don't think this is some simple offense you just step into, Chris, but the time to, to learn it, I think helps with the Rico Powers. And then, you know, you look at Jakari Caldwell, that I, my antenna sort of peaked up when Muschamp mentioned Jakari Caldwell, because you'll recall um, when when we first reported preseason, who were some guys to work who to look for? Um, I said, you know, Rico Powers has started to gain some attention. Um, well, I was also told at the time, Jakari Caldwell may just be, you know, a year away, right? Uh, which is fine. Well, combine the fact you now have Will Muschamp saying, "Hey, this guy has." has improved quite a bit talking to some friends at Northwestern. They said he's an intelligent kid. He's a grinder. He's one of these guys that sort of just slowly, but surely um, is going to sort of, I don't even know slowly is the word, but steadily is probably a better way to say it. He's going to steadily improve. Well, extra practice time has maybe sped that up a little bit for him. So 
South Carolina, again, they don't have a ton of proven 6-4 kids that can take the top off of a defense, right? So as this thing sort of plays out, Ortre Smith is obviously out of the out of the equation now. I think as we talked about receivers, we didn't talk about Ortre a whole lot anyway going into this year. But um, Jakari all of a sudden sounds like is pushed into that second team mix, and as the year goes on, may, you know maybe is an option there. So I I think there are Chris. There obviously are still questions at receiver. We know that, but there are some positive signs, right? There are, and you know that that was the thing going into this year, man. Is is just we knew Shy's the top guy. I mean, sound like broken record at this point. And then behind him is just wide open. You've got a bunch of guys that you know have had injury histories, whether it's throughout their career or recently. Um, you've had some guys that didn't have as good of a year. You had some guys that were inexperienced that have talent, whether it's some um, you know a guy like on Joiner who just doesn't have as enough experience playing the position from last year bouncing back and forth between receiver and quarterback and then being hurt in the middle of all that. And then some freshmen. And so Caldwell is one that intrigued a lot of people because, I mean, he's a high school late bloomer, you know, and, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But he really came on his senior year to where he really turned it on, had a big year, and it completely blew up on the recruiting trail from having some small offers and being an East Carolina commit to having, you know, Tennessee and Baylor and South Carolina and other schools coming after him. And so, you know, you, you got to consider that, man, it's not easy for these kids, even the really good ones, even at skill positions, to, to come in and just immediately they're the best guy on the field. It just doesn't work that way, even with an open receiver room, um, which South Carolina has. It does create an opportunity, but these guys still have to learn. I mean, Rico Powell's, Powers or Caldwell or Mike Wyman, when they step into a room, you know, it's a big transition. I mean, you mentioned the offense. But it takes guys time. I mean, there's a ton of good players who have redshirted. There's a ton of good players who maybe come on late in their career even after a couple of years. There's a bunch of them who've come on maybe even the start of their freshman year. They don't really play as much at the beginning. And then they, they steadily see their time increase. I think nowadays there's sort of this – because recruiting's covered so much and because these kids get so much attention and people see their film and all these things, offers they had, the potential impact they can make, there's this rush to sort of, okay, when, when's he going to make an impact? And if it's not immediate, people say, well, is he not what we thought? No, it just takes some time, you know, on certain guys. Guys have different paces. There's a lot of different variables that go into it. It's a nuanced thing. So, you know, Caldwell is someone that's always had that physical ability, and there was nothing wrong with the progress he was making. It Just like you said, it took some time. Rico was a little quicker for whatever reason could be a variety of different things, but Caldwell's got the size and the ball skills and a lot of intriguing things to his skill set to where it's certainly a positive that he's coming on. And um, it looks like they, those two guys really have, have started to make a good bit of noise. Yeah. And um, as this year goes on, depth at, at every position is going to potentially be tested. And, um, you know, that, that could be for, for a number of reasons. I, I think Tennessee is the perfect example, though, of how – you know, contact tracing can potentially uh, put you out of, uh, you know, out of action. You, you may not test positive for the virus, but you may be out of, um, you know, for a game, for two games, because you were in contact with a teammate, right, who, uh, who, who tested positive. So Tennessee having 44 guys out for their scrimmage, that is an, I think, especially in the world of Twitter, that's like an alarming headline because you automatically think well, 44 guys got COVID. Not, not the case, but um, still a perfect example. If you're, if you're another school, you want to point this out to your guys, right? Hey, this could happen to us. Um, you know, we, we saw South Carolina must champ mentioned, Hey, we had a few more guys positive and then a number of other guys had to sit out because of, you know, contact tracing. So that, that's where we are. That, that's what you have to do right now. I'm not saying you don't do that because it, it's obviously needed, but it is a fact of life in 2020 college football right now. So that depth, Jakari Caldwell may not be on the field much week one, but he may be your starter in week five. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen. So any anytime you have these sort of um, little new information like that, I think it could potentially pay dividends down the road 
And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's one of those guys. So, all right, offensive line. And, I, Chris, I get the sense this defense at this point, I don't want to say it's ever completely set, um, you know, 18 days out. But for the most part, doesn't it seem like there's a pretty decent feel for what the defense is going to look like as far as personnel, like the, the guys that are going to be on the on the field, right? I think you look on the offense, still have a quarterback battle. You, you don't know if, if the Brooks waiver is going to be granted. You have these freshmen that are pushing a wide receiver. And then, oh, by the way, a position – well, then you have running back as well, right? We'll get to that in a second. Then, by the way, one position we sort of thought was settled, offensive tackle, all of a sudden you have some other guys who are pushing, saying, hey, I'm, I need to be on the field too. So offense is very, very um, – I think unsettled has a negative connotation. I don't know necessarily if that's the right word, but there are still – some situations playing out, some competitions playing out. Um, but but that offensive tackle competition, Chris, has all of a sudden gotten very, very interesting. Yeah, and I don't think that it has anything to do with somebody not performing as well, maybe. I think it's just some guys have stepped up a little bit. I mean, when you talk a little bit about the depth of this team, which is something that's been mentioned, you know, we came into this year saying, Justin Turnitine gets on campus they feel like they probably got four tackles potentially that they could count on. Well, you know, now we're, we're sort of seeing that. And, and Will Muschamp mentioned, I don't remember how long ago that was, a week ago, two weeks ago, probably probably closer to two weeks ago, hey, we need a little bit more out of these few guys. And, and a couple of them were Ja'Kai Moore and Jalen Nichols, who got a taste of action in their first year last season. And so with those guys coming on a little bit maybe and stepping up, that sort of puts you in that mode of we talk about this a lot. Who's your best guys? What's your best five? And so, you know, it looks a little bit more. Now Jordan Rhodes coming back in at guard, you know, well, that shake things up there because we thought when Jordan Rhodes opted out, we said, all right, well, now the interior is getting more set um, and centers the question. But now with Jordan Rhodes coming back, how quickly does he get back to shape? Does he factor in as a starter? Is he just a six man? We'll see. But tackle now, you know, Justin's done well from all indications, but you've got a situation where you just you find your best guys. So does that mean moving Wanham over? Is Jalen Nichols playing so well that you feel like you need to slot him in at a spot? If so, what's his best spot? Well, probably right tackle. And so it's really just about finding that mix. And here's something I wonder, Wes, are they going to play more guys this year? You know, typically South Carolina hasn't really, quote, unquote, rotated guys up front. Do you do that a little bit maybe? Um, I don't know for sure, but it's something that I think is possible when you've got a little bit more depth at certain spots. So it, there is more uh, mystery, I guess. There's some more interest there in that in that tackle spot in terms of the competition really ramping up as camp continues to go on. All right, so as we were talking again, um, you know, South Carolina has sent in their official stuff and – Colin Taylor, our beat writer, has a story up on Gamecock Central right now talking about the offensive line. So if uh, – and it's actually a free story if you want to check that out. Don't leave us, but open up another tab and go check it out. But I'll give you the the short answer here. Wolford talked about, obviously, this, this very thing we're talking about. Um, let's see. I'm reading it as we go, guys. So hang with me here, uh, guys and girls. Uh Wolford says, quote, he, he being Jazz Turnitine, he's been very inconsistent, and Jazz will be the first person to tell you that. Um, so so there, there it goes. Uh, the word consistency, probably the most used word this entire offseason, I think. Um, quote, we have a lot of things on his plate, and it's an important position to play. He's been very inconsistent in his play, and he has to get better at it. He knows that we have high expectations for him. Um Wolf uh, went on to say that, and according to Colin, Wolford um, talked like Turnitin is still probably the left tackle of the maybe near future when he said, quote, Dennis Daly wasn't ready for his first game. He wasn't ready 
Sometimes it takes junior college players longer to get their feet wet without spring ball. Dennis got here in the summer, and now Dennis is a starter for the Carolina Panthers. When he's ready, he then being Jazz again, I believe, when Jazz is ready, we'll put him in. If he's not, we'll shelve him for a year. Um, Wolford went on to talk about how several guys, uh, Ja'Kai Moore, Rashawn Lee, are two younger players working at left tackle. But um, as we've said, looks like the most likely option would be to move Dylan Wanham over to left and start one of the other guys at right tackle. And Wolf says, quote, I think it is for some people, um, it's difficult to play both for some people. But when you're talking about the level of athlete Dylan is, it's not as hard as you think as long as you work at it in practice. He, uh, Dylan, has had reps at it. He's played it in the game. He's very familiar with it and feels comfortable over there. At the end of the day, stop me if you've heard this before, at the end of the day, we'll always get the best five on the field. So, um, interesting stuff there from Wolf. And it sounds like if if Jazz pushes, gets more consistent this next two and a half weeks, he's your starter. If he doesn't, then my money, Chris, is on Dylan Wanham there and Jalen Nichols based on what I've heard. You know, I heard Jalen Nichols got first-team reps last scrimmage. I don't know specifically who took first-team reps this, this past scrimmage, but based on Muschamp's comments, Wolford's comments, I think Wanham and then Nichols would probably be your starting offensive tackles depending on what Jazz does these next two and a half weeks, right? Yeah, and I mean the the inconsistency is something that you're going to see from almost any first you know first year player, and particularly when you're talking about left tackle, that's a tough spot. So th- there's been a lot of things that the staffs liked about Jazz, and I mean dating back to the recruiting process, and then when he got on campus, he's a big guy that can move. But that inconsistency, you know, it's not that he's playing, you know, poorly per se at times. You know, he's got to step things up, as Wolford said, but these other guys are also stepping up. You know, Jalen Nichols, Ja'Kai Moore, um, they've got some options there to where they can figure out. You know, it, it's not like you went in. You remember sometimes several years ago, you know, sort of went to the season and said, this is just maybe sort of the guy by default. They don't really have that. And so, like I think Wolford put it really well. If he's ready, he'll be the guy. If he's not, then we'll let another guy have a run at it. You know, Dennis Daly, thinking back to him, you know, 2017, his first year, um, you know, or his first year of action, rather, you know, he doesn't play against uh, NC State in the opener at all, plays in the second half of Missouri, and then he took the job and ran with it. And then he was the guy until he he left for the NFL. And so um, – you know, Turnitine's got that type of ability, um, but he's, you know, again, he's a first-year player, so he just needs more time. Now, whether he finds his stride and becomes more consistent in camp or whether it's later this season, if he gets an in-game opportunity and plays well, or whether it's next year, you know, we'll just have to see. But but certainly I think the, the guys stepping up behind him, Vershawn Lee, who's been impressive as a freshman, and Ja'Kai Moore and Jalen Nichols, the second-year guys, you know, gives them that ability to, to step up some other guys, try out some other guys and find out their best combination there. And, you know, Chris, I think from a recruiting standpoint, you and I have, have watched as they've sort of stacked these, you know, these big athletic guys. And so, sometimes they were highly recruited, you know, Dylan Wanham types or highly rated, I should say. Other times, you know, you look at Ja'Kai Moore, he was like a mid-three-star on Rivals. But you look at some of the teams recruiting him, I believe he was like the top tackle on the board for Penn State. Like that, that, you know, no offense to our guys at Rivals, but that says a lot about a kid if you are the top tackle target for a school like Penn State. So, but point being, they've sort of just stacked class on class of these bigger, more athletic types. We've talked about it before with Sean Elliott. I think it was more bringing in some kids who are a little bit further along technically. Whereas with Wolf, it's been more about maybe I'll take a kid that's raw, but try to develop him if he has SEC athleticism. You're looking more for a guy who profiles kind of like a defensive lineman, right? And then making him into an offensive lineman. We're starting to see that true depth with those guys sort of play out and actually be able to um, put push each other, you know, compete. And then there are going to be some injuries. We all know that. Even if, if a guy rolls an ankle, you know, you miss two or three weeks. We see that every year. An offensive lineman 
rolls an ankle or, you know, sprains a knee, right? Like those are common offensive line injuries that a big guy like this, it puts you on the shelf for a few weeks, depending on how severe it is. So having someone else be able to step in, now having Jordan Rhodes who took the Nick Markakis route and said, you know, I miss ball. I want to come back. Um, over time, I tend to think having Jordan Rhodes back is not a factor at all right this second. And then week three of the season, week four, you never know when it comes, right? At some point, having Jordan Rhodes back is probably huge for this team, right? Like at some point, he's going to be a factor. So it, it has helped that you have competition, and now you have another guy back in the mix there. Yeah, and I mean, if you go in with – eight, nine, ten guys that you feel like you can go into a game and, and do well with, that, that's huge up front because it, it it's not about, you know, we, we talk about depth charts a lot. And if South Carolina's left tackle, whoever it is, Dylan Wanham, you know, Jasson, Ja'Kai Moore, whoever it is in that particular game, if that left tackle goes down, it's not about, okay, who's, who's next on the depth chart? It's about – Who's the next guy that we've repped there that we feel the best about? And that could really be probably three, four different guys. I mean, between those guys I just mentioned, you could even look at Jalen Nichols there. You could even look at Rashawn Lee there. Eric Douglas is repped at left tackle. He's played every position at, at some point or another in practice. And so, um, you know, they, they've got – you know, it looks like Douglas is ahead of center, but they got a couple guys that it seems like they would feel pretty decent about. You know, when you add Jordan Rhodes back in, now you've got three or four guys that you feel pretty good about it at a couple of guard spots. So, um, you know, having that type of depth and some guys with some experience, you know, they've got sort of a blend of some youth and some experience in there. Um, that's big for them. Um, will there be a drop-off? Well, sure, in some situations because – you know, you have a starting five for a reason. But if you can – if you have a guy go down or a couple guys go down and you can plug somebody in and not lose a lot, then that's significant for your team. And like you said, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to go through a season without having somebody go down for at least part of a game or a week or a couple weeks. Yeah, and that, that's every year, maybe even more so this year, um, considering obviously COVID implications, but – 10-game SEC schedule. You know, you're getting banged up week to week. So, we'll see. Uh, had a couple of questions on here about the uh, the incident on campus. If you go back to the beginning of the show, we actually talked about that in the open. And uh, this will be – you probably can go back on it already on YouTube. But that this will be ar archived on YouTube right after we're done. Um, so, Chris, uh, I, I think – and by the way, Tracy Rocker, I'm looking – he spoke today as well. Uh, we'll have that video on the site. I have not – we all that came out right when we started, so have not really had a chance to go through that with everybody. But <laughs> I, I actually, depending on how long it is, I may be able to pull that up and we can all listen to it together here on the show. But, um, dude, so before we get back to a little bit of actual football talk, I've gotten to talk about one of the most – interesting developments just you, you never know what's going to happen when you cover South Carolina football but Chris the big Gamecock statue it is officially on the way and um, you know Will Muschamp talked about not Will Muschamp Ray Tanner talked about this last week he said hey the big Gamecock statue will be on the way soon right well, yep. then I get a message on Facebook from a guy, and this this thing has been talked about a lot because it's. And I, I'll be honest with you guys i i don't I don't follow junk like this. Like, when was it supposed to be there? When was it not? I, I don't know. I know it was late, right? Do you know, do you know when yeah. this thing was originally supposed to happen, Chris? So the original, I can't remember. I do know it eventually got to a point where it was either going to be it, – it was like either it's going to be th by this game or it's going to be after the season. It's going to be another time. And so th there were there were several issues with it to where it had to keep getting pushed back. I don't remember the original. 
Um, I'm, I'm with you. I did not follow. There's been a lot of interest in this statue. I was not, I guess, as interested in it. So the job. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head when the original date was. I remember, I think there was one point at last year, at, during last season, where they thought it may happen, and then it didn't. So, mm. yeah. So, um, and if you're if you're watching there, and I, it looks very weird because we're like sort of in the background of the video of the uh, the picture. But if you're listening to us, you can actually see some photos of it on uh, on Gamecock Central. If you are watching, obviously right now live, you can see it. But uh, that is the statue in, I guess, several pieces that I got this message on Facebook, basically saying. Hey guys, your mascot is on the way. And I was like, what, what is this guy talking about? Well, he was at a truck stop somewhere in, um, I think Arizona at the time, maybe California. It was some, somewhere out West, right? He's at a truck, at a truck stop. And he happens to see this big, in his turn, this big, this big bright chicken, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I had, I had to ask the guy, um, what, what the deal was. Right. right. So he says, um, he starts talking to the guy. He says, yeah, this, this came, it actually came, he said across from Mexico and has made a cross. It was making a cross country trip to South Carolina. Right. So then I'm like, well, you know, the way you and I are built, we're like, well, we have to verify everything. Right. But then I'm like, there can't, I mean, this, this has to be it. You know, the guy has pictures. There's only one big uh, metal Gamecock (laughs) that's making a cross country trip. And like I said, Ray Tanner had already said, yo, it's going to be here soon. So the driver of the truck said, tells our guy, our source, Eric, that the big Gamecock statue will be on campus at South Carolina or at the stadium at South Carolina this Thursday. So that's a couple of days from now as we're live, as we're recording here on Tuesday. So that would lead me to believe that, I mean, looking at it, I've never put together a big Gamecock statue. I'm hoping it's a bit easier than like the desk I got from Costco, but if you look at it, it's coming in Thursday. I would think that means this big old thing is going to be put up by the season opener. I imagine probably by this weekend you can go check it out. But um, you just you never know how a story is going to come across. And I, I thought that that was pretty awesome. But for those who are watching it right now and those who have seen it on our board, and now you know you, Chris, of course, I uh, I think this thing's pretty cool. What do you think? It, it looks pretty neat. And I'm trying to get a sense like I I mean, I read how big it was, but you really have to sort of see it. So I'm trying to sort of like use the other things to figure out how big it is. That's, that's pretty big. It is a big chicken, as the guy said, a big gold chicken. That That is a really random sourcing of a of a of a scoop there. And uh, I'll give you credit, man. Somehow or another, you, you come up with some of the most random uh, story scoops and things like that um we've had all sorts of those situations in the past but it's pretty neat and i did go back and look because you got me curious with your question i didn't realize it was all the way back in 2016 when the board approved this thing but it wasn't like originally after they did that they wanted to put it in before 2017 and that was just not happening so it eventually got to a point this is the part i was remembering they wanted to get it in before last season and then that didn't happen, and I do remember it finally got to that critical juncture of, okay, it's got to be in. I think it was like the Vanderbilt game or something. Um, we're going to get either get it in for this game, and if it's not then, then it's definitely going to be next year. So this is a long, This has been a long time coming, man, so very, uh, very interesting. Well, and generally, if we get a random scoopage, we have to, like, laugh about it amongst you and I because we yeah. can't say who – Right. To, get, right to us so um th- this was pretty i mean i don't know they may think we're losers chris but i i thought it was a pretty fun story um so shout out to eric 
on Facebook. Um, he says it's going to be here Thursday, so if it's not, uh, blame Eric. But yep, it should be here soon. And I, I, I mean, I want, I mean, putting that thing together. I, I, I mean, I wonder how that works. You know, how that even looks. It's got to. I imagine it doesn't take too long, but I mean, does it? Does it take a crane or something? Like this thing has got to be. It's got to be heavy. Yeah, it's got to be heavy. And that, and there were a lot of. My understanding was there were a lot of. There's some. Di- that's one of the reasons for the delays. There were like some different issues, um, during the I guess construction. Is that what you call? I guess it's constructing a statue. I don't know if there's a the sculpting, right? Sculpt, yeah, sculpting, constructing, making. We'll call it making. Making the statue, um, and so yeah, um, it, it, you, you definitely aren't just picking up the pieces and plopping them together. I wouldn't think so. No. Um, yeah. So there, there you have it. That's uh, that's the statue. If you're listening on the podcast, go check that out. GamecockCentral.com. Um, had to share that. And so we're we're closing in on the season, y'all. Um, we talked about it last week. Got to see the renovations at, at Williams Bryce. They're pretty awesome. Um, if you have a chance to to get into those areas of the stadium, definitely take advantage of that and um, and check it out. Let's uh, let's hit on let's try to hit a few questions here as we finish it out chris um we're at 146 as we record here Uh, again anybody asking about the uh, situation on social media with players um go back to the beginning of the show we did talk about that a bit i just don't want to bore everybody else um kyle uh y'all saw i had a good comment there the giant rooster is a game time decision for tennessee south Carolina, of course hopes that um that's the only game time decision but I, I do uh, – let's see. Ernest, uh, do you like the New Jerseys? I, I thought they were cool. Um, have, you, have you seen the picture that yep. – uh, again, guys, uh, South Carolina, we've already spoken on the uh, fight. Um, I, I thought the jerseys were cool. Like, I know they've sort of made some tweaks, looked like big numbers. And, and I'm, not, um, I'm not a big jersey guy. So I, looking at it, I couldn't even tell you what details were – different from last year but um i I thought it was smooth yeah you you in agreement yeah i mean the the big difference that stood out to me um was you know the the number like the numbered lettering or whatever you know what was definitely different but uh, i thought it was cool i mean i i'm a fan generally unless it's like awful (laughs) i'm a fan of changing things up every now and then so i thought they were pretty cool I do want to like see them on somebody to sort of make that final determination, but I, I thought they were cool in my opinion, and um, you know I didn't have a problem with them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no worries. Um, I know some of y'all are just joining, but we did. Uh, we just don't we don't want to like rehash stuff for people that have been on you know for the whole time. So that that's at the beginning. We'll archive all these on our podcast. Uh, just search for Gamecock Central, and they're all archived on YouTube as well. Um, Let's see. I, I tell you, there was one other – there was a comment earlier, Chris, that we haven't hit on that I think we need to hit on. How about all the – I don't know. I don't think it was an uproar, but it was a mini freakout on Twitter about Bobo's comments about huddling. Yeah. So I think there was this idea that maybe – this offense is going back to like the mid nineties or something as far as what the scheme is going to look like. And I get the impression, man, it's like that that's the farthest thing from the truth. I think you look at what he did at Colorado state, very multiple. You look at one drive, they're spread out four wide, hurry up, no huddle. Next drive, Adam Prentice is on the field, you know, I formation lead, you know, lead draw and just, running the football. So I think there's you're going to see a lot from this offense, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily just huddle up, slow it down at all times. But I do think, man, given all the question marks we've talked about just here 20 minutes ago, there you're going to have to win some games, I think, at times by slowing it down. Yeah, I mean, look, it's about – doing what's best to improve this offense, whatever that is. And and so, you know, maybe you zig a little bit while everyone else zags, you know, or whatever it may be. But, 
you know, and the game plan, look, it's going to change based on um, they continually are going to be finding out what do they feel like they do well, what do they feel like they don't do as well, but also based on opponent. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it was out of context, and I know you went back, Wes, later and sort of added the rest of what Bobo said and the context and all those things, and he made some general points about no huddle offenses and fundamentals and all those different types of things. They're still going to, they're not going to go and, and huddle and bleed the playcock down to one second and, you know, throw a toss sweep on every single play this season. That's not what you can expect, but it's going to look different than last year. They're going to maybe use tempo some. Sometimes they're going to slow it down, and maybe that's good. I mean, this is a team, I think, I, I would think people would be loving that right now. Even if Bobo said we're going to go as slow as possible, which he didn't, seems like people would love that because this is an offense that wasn't on the field <laughs> for very long spurts towards the end of last season. Um, and so they do need to control the ball more. They do need to convert more third downs. They do need to score more in the red zone. And maybe they do need to slow it down some at times. And so all that's going to weigh in. It's going to be a game-by-game thing um, and, and based on the situation. But, yeah, there, there was a lot made of that where people definitely, I think, took it out of context. And so it's important to sort of contextualize it and, and realize exactly what he was saying and, and really what it means for this team and this offense. Yeah, and I'm, I think um, I'm excited to see what the offense looks like. Now, the other side of that, Chris, um, I sort of d- defended what Bobo was saying on Twitter, and then someone responded and said, you know, we'll check back on these tweets at the end of the year. And I said, well, ho- you know, hold on. I'm not saying this is going to be a top three SEC offense. You know, the, the expectations – frankly, should not be that high for this to be a super explosive offense because the, even though he was a freshman or he is a freshman, this offense, I believe, was going to be built around the talents of Marshawn Lloyd. So you take that out, question marks at running back, question marks at receiver, a quarterback competition. There, you know, throw in the fact that offensive lines are rarely in the SEC actually dominant. That just doesn't happen. So – I think this offensive line can be good. I think this offense as a whole could potentially be better in as, in some facets than it was last year. But to expect it to be some super explosive, crazy good offense, Chris, probably not um, realistic to start out. You hope, you know, maybe moving forward next year, the, you know, the year after that, it can sort of have something to build off of this year. Uh, yeah, as Kyle pointed out um, – Chris, what'd you think, man? Brian Edwards starter, I guess. Uh, Joe there in uh, at Carolina starting punter. Hayden Hurst starting tight end. Some some Gamecocks, um, and then some some Gamecocks that were sort of on the bubble for making teams uh, got some got some good news uh, this week as well. Brian Edwards got a ton of love since he got out to the Raiders, so that that was definitely great to see. I'm not surprised. I mean, he's a he's a total pro. We we knew from watching him. He's really good, and uh, he's he's shown that since he got out there. That was cool. The yeah, uh, Wes, our Panthers. They have um, you know Joe Charlton. Not only him, but Dennis Daly, who we talked about earlier. Eric Wolford mentioned be starting for the Panthers. I think starting at guard, right um, there. And yeah. uh, also has, he been, has he been banged up a little bit, or am I confused on that? I can't remember if that was last year or or currently. Okay. But, anyway, continue. Yeah. But, yeah, supposed to start. He's slated to start. Farrah Cooper also is a specialist as a return guy. But slated to start for the Panthers, so a good bit of flavor there. So, yeah, a lot of guys doing doing well in the league. Javion Clowney, he's got a new contract, new team with Tennessee. Uh, Mike Davis, I saw recently celebrating, I think, eight years in the league. Good Great for him, especially for a running back, man. I mean, even those even those top guys are bouncing around or out of the league, so it's really good for him. And uh, yeah, so a lot of good activity for the Gamecocks in the NFL right now. Mike, um, dude, su- super talented. Like, I don't I don't know if Mike quite gets enough credit for for how good you know yeah. that that he was at South Carolina, and uh, there uh, you can see old JD signing uh, on the dotted lines for uh, for the Titans and uh, obviously happy for him. But, um, yeah, so, all right, I, I know, Chris, you got somewhere you got to be. Any Have you seen any other questions that you definitely want to hit on here? I was 
I was sort of throwing y'all's thoughts up on the screen there so people could at least see your uh, your thoughts. Um, you know, if there's a question, w- would Doty be ready to take snaps if needed, if there are injuries? Um, I would say yes. It would be a very um, – I don't want to say very limited, but it would be a different attack, right, a different approach at that position if uh, Doty was the guy. Um, a good thought here from uh, Cartwright on YouTube. I do think that Rashad Amos is sort of being challenged a little bit. I tell you, Chris, the the thing I love about Mike Bobo is that when he does these media availabilities, he says what's on his mind, right? Like he does not hold back at all. So when Mike Bobo says um, we need more playmakers or he says Rashad Amos has got to grow up, um, he's just being real with that. Now, I, I think the other side of that, you're not saying that about a guy unless you really believe in his ability, right? If, if A lot of freshmen need to grow up. You don't hear about it because you just they get shuffled to the back, right? And you say, let's see if they're ready next year. Rashad Amos has shown already in practice, hey, I've got the talent to potentially help this team. So if you're Mike Bobo and you're saying, hey, man, we need you to grow up, that's because you think he can help this team this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and you're right. I, I do really enjoy his press conferences. He he says what's on his mind. He goes into detail. He says what's good. He says what's bad. And you could sort of bank on whatever he says being exactly what he feels. There's not a ton. I mean, he'll use coaching lingo, but there's not a ton of coach speak. You know, when he says something, he gives detail and, and thoughts and reasoning, you know, as to why he feels that way. And so that's, that's pretty refreshing to hear for sure. And I think – you know what I think, Wes, is it actually really helps if, if fans hear Mike Bobo talk because it helps to shape the perception and to understand that you don't need to set the bar too high. I think he's been very real about what to expect, the challenges that are ahead, where they are, where they need to go, and sort of what's in the way of that. You know, some guys need to grow up, lack of playmakers, whatever it may be, um, things that they've got to figure out to get better. If he's out there saying we look great, this is going to be awesome. You know, we're, we're going to light up the scoreboard. Eh, I mean, you know, th- then you then you're you got you're sort of setting a, a false expectation there, and I don't think he's got any of that to him with what he said. No, I think you're right. Um, all right, guys, gals, we appreciate the time. As always, uh, we'll try to hop on and do another one of these at some point later this week. But um, please come check us out, GamecockCentral.com. Code is GC60. To get uh, 60 days free, code is Gamecocks to get 50% off your first year of a uh, premium subscription uh, if you are a new subscriber. So uh, to everybody that joined us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on the podcast, we appreciate it. Chris, any closing thoughts, man, or are we we good? I think we're good, man. Appreciate everybody listening once again. Yeah, appreciate y'all. We will see you later on this week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.